This is our last um, installment, if you want to call it that, of the unarmed uh, series uh, for our church. And um, we've had a great time the last three weeks, and this is number four, week number four of unarmed uh, sermon series, talking about the whole armor of God. I want to read the verses uh, again in Ephesians chapter 6 through 10, just to uh, recap a little bit on uh, where we're at in this series. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, this is the text that we're using talking about being unarmed. It says, finally be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his power, close yourself with the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, and against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. For this reason, take the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground on the evil day, and having done everything, to stand. Stand firm, therefore, by fastening the belt of truth around your waist and putting the breastplate of righteousness by fitting your feet with the preparation that comes from the good news of peace. And in all this, by taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With, er with every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And to this end, be alert with all perseverance and request for all the saints. So we've talked about a few different topics as we've went throughout, and week one we talked about perception, that we need to change the way we look at things and how we perceive things to be because perception is reality. Week two, we talked about having the confidence uh, that Isaiah, uh, the Old Testament prophet, said we need to have. And last week we talked about withstanding, where that the Apostle Paul uh, taught us in Ephesians how to withstand things. Uh, also in Acts 19 and 20, and hopefully you went and read that as we talked about last week. But this is week four, and today I want us to uh, put the cap on top of this sermon series to be that we understand that less physical armor means that we have more spiritual armor. So the more we lay down the physical warfare that we know and what we use throughout our lives that we continue to say mean things that often later on we wish we could get back. Amen? The hurtful words, maybe some actions that we've taken against others that was a, in physical in nature and we would love to go back and redo that. But we can't. We can't fix what we've broken but we know the one that can. The Bible says that we are the clay and he is the potter. And if you've ever saw one of those old potter wheels that they get a clump of clay that has no meaning or no significance and all of a sudden the potter can sit there with that spin wheel and begin to create a vessel of honor that scripture talks about. And just imagine that, that God has his hands on you and we was nothing but just a useless lump of clay but God can mold us and make us into something significant that can make our world a better place. That's who we ought to intend to be 
as Christians. I want to become better. Amen. I don't want to grow more bitterness because bitterness got me nowhere. Anger got me nowhere. Strife, division, dissension, all those words that are spoken, it gets us nowhere. But love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, guidance, all these things, it helps us to become a better person. And God intends for us to lay down things that hurt and pick up things that heal. So in this place today, I hope and pray that we can come to a conclusion that the more I lay down, the more God lifts me up. The more that I let go, the more He holds me. The more that He uh, lifts me up and encourages me and blesses me. So less is actually more. Apostle Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Talking not about the physical body, but I die and I give up myself and my own conditions and I lay down what I want to do and I pick up what he wants me to do. And as the Apostle Paul did that, he created churches, he went and planted churches, he blessed people, there was healings, there was people that rose from the dead. The Apostle Paul, if you've read that Acts chapter 20, you saw that, that little boy that fell out of the window while Paul was preaching too long. Hopefully that's not me today because the kids has got to come in here shortly and have their uh, play uh, for the community to come to. So, but this is week four, so this is the ending of that. And I want us to think about this, that as we're talking about less armor becoming more, I thought through scripture, where is a good story or a good picture that we can read to determine that this is the truth that we need to act out in our lives? And where can we get this story from uh, in the Bible to paint this picture for us that less is more? Everybody say less is more. So the greatest unarmed story that I know that I could come up with in all of the Bible that maybe you can think of one that I didn't, but this is the one that come to my mind. When I talk about less is more, it's a story of a shepherd boy that his dad sent him into a war zone territory and told his little ruddy red-headed boy to go and take food to his brothers that were in a participating in a war. So this little shepherd boy had always watched the sheep. He had always uh, taken care of what his father had told him to take care of. But when his dad told him to go, he was excited because he was getting to go into a, a war zone that he had never saw with his own eyes, and his brothers would come back with these stories about what all they, the victories that they had had. And the Philistines were a group of people that were in opposition to God's plan for humanity. They were enemies of God willful enemies of God. But this little red-headed, ruddy, not a whole lot to look at young man, goes in and he takes his food, and as he gets there, he hears this Philistine giant standing across on the other side of the valley. And this giant is screaming obscenities and cursing the God that we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And as he stands there, he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that cusses our God, and you guys are standing here doing nothing? And King Saul, the king of Israel at that time, he was standing there, and he was head high above all of his peers. Saul was taller than everybody else. And can you imagine whenever a giant is on the opposite valley and calling for somebody to come over and fight? Who is all the Israelites standing around, and they're all quivering, knees shaking? They're looking, I wonder who I was sent over to fight the big guy. I'd say King Saul was probably, uh, you know, when you want to be real tall around somebody tall and you kind of tiptoe and all that, I'd say he was probably doing this. I, I don't know who was, we, we, I don't know, maybe you, you're a little bit taller, but it said he was a head higher than everybody. The king should have led by example. But he wouldn't go because he was operating in fear. And fear will stop you from doing what God has called you to do. God has empowered us to be a blessing to this world in which we live. He's called us to be a force of good on this planet. As Christians, we should do good to honor God and be everything that He's called us to be. So as this little ruddy, red-headed shepherd boy gets there, and he looks around and he said, well, who's going to go fight him? Kind of silence like it is right now. Could have heard a pin drop. And David says, it's King David who it becomes, but this shepherd boy named David, he, he calls it out. He said, who, who's going to go? Somebody better go fight this guy. Are we just going to give up and hand over all the power of Israel that God has given us to this uncircumcised Philistine? I don't think so. So this little shepherd boy says, let it be me. And he goes to the king and tells King Saul, he says, I will go fight this giant. And this is so symbolic of us in our lives. When I'm talking about unarmed and being unarmed, it sounds like that we're giving up on what we know, uh, the conditions of warfare that we see in the natural. But we know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood because our text told us that. We know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal because we read that in week one. We're not fighting a physical battle. There is a spiritual battle that's happening today. And some people says the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But guess what? Not on my book. This fight is worth fighting. The fight of good. Amen? On the side of God. That it's worth us standing up and saying, No, huh, not today, devil. It's not going to happen. Why? Because God has called me to stand out and do something. And as a church, we're called to do something. And do good. There's nothing greater on this planet than blessing somebody. Jesus said it's greater to give than to receive, right?
tricks. I don't think they're for kids. I like cereal, don't you? If you haven't had any tricks for a while, go get some. I encourage you, adults. Become childlike, because childlike faith is something that astounds me. Let your kids come to church and be in children's church or nursery for a year and watch how they begin to talk and watch how they begin to believe. Watch how they look up to the heavens and know that Jesus is coming back on the clouds of glory. I remember being a little kid that mom took us to Bible school, took us to church. I remember standing out with me and how he thought we saw Jesus one time on a cloud. Told you in week one that wherever we face our nose, that's the way the direction we're heading. Point your kids towards Jesus. Point your kids towards God. Point them to where they're looking towards heaven. Because this world is temporal. Jesse had done a good job at that with his son David. And it didn't make much sense. Why is he the one out there holding the sheep and taking care of the sheep? But we're going to read this story. David versus Goliath. And I want us to look at it, yes, with a childlike faith. But we're going to put it in adult perspective. It's 1 Samuel chapter 17 is where we're going to start. 1 Samuel 17 verse 37. It says, David went on to say, as all this is happening, this is where we led up to, The Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will also deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Then Saul said to David, King Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. The tall guy won't go fight the giant. The king won't go fight the giant. But this little shepherd boy from over in the fields that was only bringing some bread to his brothers ends up saying, It will not happen under my watch. I'm not going to allow evil to triumph. Good men need to do something. So David tells the king, I'll go. And King Saul says, okay, the Lord be with you. What if we would encourage one another with those words? Whenever you see somebody facing a giant and it seems like something spiritual is happening in your neighbor or, or maybe uh, your family members and you see them going through battles and despair and all the things and troubles and trials of this life, what if we would just look at them and say, the Lord be with you? Jesus is asking us to be encouragers of one another, to lift one another and be there for one another. And I thank God for this church as the bridge that we are that. We are a picture of that. I see it happen over and over and over. Encouragement just comes and it's natural here. Why? Because we're taught that God intends for us to be that. Go, the Lord be with you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that the Lord is with you? Is anybody facing a battle in this room? Is anybody going through some situations that you're wondering, how am I going to get through this? seems like the weight of the world is crashing down on me. It seems like everybody is opposing me. It seems like opposition is on every corner. And what if we as a church would just begin to message one another throughout the week and not just wait on Sunday morning, but say, the Lord be with you. Be encouraged today. 
Stand up. Fight the good fight of faith. It's worth this battle that we're in because heaven is going to be our reward. Heaven will be our home. It's worth continuing to fight. The Word says that He will save those that endure till the end. It's not about starting in this walk towards Jesus. It's about continuing in this walk towards Jesus. Continue in the faith. Continue to believe. To continue to encourage. Strengthen. Lift up. Encourage one another. So even King Saul in his weakness of not fighting himself, he encouraged somebody else. The Lord be with you. He should have left it right there. That should have been where he just ended it. How many knows if the Lord's with you, you got enough? The battles that I have to face is not really a problem if God is with me. The New Testament says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? What can men do to me? Absolutely nothing. If God be for me, So here, King Saul says, go, the Lord be with you. Verse 38, wouldn't you know that he would mess it up? If you've ever read the story of Saul, you'll see that, that over and over again, King Saul, the first king of Israel, that God didn't even intend for them to have a king. They wanted a king. He gave them a king because they wanted to be like everybody else. It was Israel's own mistake. But the king they got was not the king that they needed. So King Saul continued to mess things up. And he said, but he said to go, the Lord be with you. Sometimes he done some things right. Verse 38, he said, Then Saul clothed David with his own fighting attire, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also put body armor on him. David strapped on his sword over his fighting attire and tried to walk around. Tried. This little bitty, short, ruddy, red-headed kid, not a warrior, Never had been trained. The only training he had was taking care of sheep, but he had killed a bear and he'd killed a lion with his bare hands. Sometimes what you're facing as you're out there in those secret times, in those places that nobody knows even the battles that you're facing, but when you see victories in behind the scenes and in the silence and where nobody knows about it, whenever all of a sudden an attack comes and it's forefront and everybody knows about it, guess what? Those victories that you had in the silent places, in the secret places, in the prayer closet, is going to be victories out in front of all. So David is out here and Saul tried to strap on all this armor. And it says he tried to walk around. Sometimes people will try to tell you how to win. Anybody ever got advice from somebody? You don't have to look real far. All you got to do is just barely even talk about a problem. They'll start telling you all kinds of advice how to win. And usually it's natural advice and not advice that you need to hear. You need some spiritual advice. Amen? Stop allowing people to arm you with the armed things of the flesh, with the warfare of the flesh. Stop taking advice from ungodly people. It will not bring victory in your life. So David saw this, and as he was living this out, he strapped on his sword and, and he began to try to walk around, but he was not used to them. So David said to Saul, I can't walk in these things. Basically, your armor is junk. 
Yeah, but there's a giant over there. You're going to need some protection. You're going to need some physical things to take care of a spiritual battle. Physical armament will not help you in a spiritual battle. So David, I love this. David says, I can't walk in these things for I'm not used to them. So David removed them. Everybody say he unarmed himself. Less is more. Come on, somebody. The more I lay down, the more God lifts me up. The more I let go, the more he holds me up. So as I sit here today, I'm encouraged. My faith is being strengthened. I myself am preaching, but guess what? I feel something rising up on the inside of me that knows that God is well able to fight these battles that I'm facing. That come up with me with hell and high water, but guess what? If God be for me, who can be against me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What if we would begin to encourage one another and lift each other up and embolden one another to say, God is able. I can't walk in this junk. I ain't used to it. So David removed them. Amen. The more I take off and the less I use what I think, the more God helps me to understand his ways. Verse 40. Then he took his staff in his hand and he picked up five smooth stones from the stream. I can just imagine this little red-headed kid Walking down off that hill and King Saul thinking, what is this fool doing? The whole kingdom of Israel, the whole nation rests upon this little hoodlum walking down that hill that won't even wear the armor that I told him to wear. And I can imagine David going down through there. <whistles> whistle while you work. And he's heading down over that hill and he's going down in that valley and he sees this and as he gets to the stream you got to understand the battleground here was Israel was on this mountain. There was a valley between the two, and there was a hill on this side, and the Philistines was over here with Goliath. Where did he pick up the stones? In the stream, in the lowest part of the valley. What if we would sit here and believe today that yes, in the lowest of lows, in the deepest of depths, and when I think that I'm in the, the farthest place away from God, but yet God is going to equip me with something to bring me through victory. Because what if we would head down to the bottom of that valley and say, yes, I feel like the whole world is against me today, but guess what? In the bottom of this valley, God is going to provide for me a way and a means to get out of this situation. In the midst of the valley, in the bottom of that stream, and whistling while he works, and he picks up these stones in the bottom of that place. Guess what that means? That means he was heading towards the fight, and he was going to get there no matter what. Don't run from the devil. Don't fight him with your own power. The Lord be with you. Don't attack him yourself. Let God do it for you. But he's asking you to go. So David picks up in the midst of those stream and placed them in his pouch, a shepherd's bag that he had on his side. So he laid down armor. But he kept what God had prepared him with. And in the New Testament it says, God will not put anything on you that you're not able to bear. 
He has already equipped you for victory of what you're facing right now. You don't have to learn any more lessons. You don't have to hear any more words. Guess what? God has already prepared you for where you are in this moment. If you're facing a mountain, if you're facing a battle, if you're facing a giant, guess what? Just like the movies that we watch, Facing the Giants. Anybody ever watch that? God is going to help us. So as he took these stones and he placed them in his shepherd's bag and his sling in his hand and he approached the Philistine. When I first got saved, they used to sing a song, I went into the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Leslie don't like that song, but I like it. Went to the enemy's camp, took back what he stole from me. Yeah, I like that song. Guess where David met Goliath? On Goliath's side of the stream. He had already been through the water. He had already been through the flood. He had already been through the middle of the stream. He met him on Goliath's side. So I went into the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. So David heads across to the other side and he's walking up and he sees this. And he approached the Philistine. The Philistine kept coming. The giant kept coming closer to David. With his shield bearer walking in front of him. So David was... Goliath was too scared to even come and meet this little, ruddy, red-headed, non-warrior. He was afraid to come alone. When you got the protection of God, the enemy is afraid of you. You need to believe that. When God fights my battles for me, the enemy is going to be afraid. He's very afraid. So this giant is a picture of the enemy to us as adults, right? So we see this picture playing out. And the Philistines looked carefully at David. So he had this guy in front of him, a shield bearer went in front of him, he's scared to come alone. And when the Philistine looked carefully at David, he despised him. For he was only a ruddy and a handsome boy. Verse 43, the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you're coming after me with sticks? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, things present. So this verse, the enemy, the giant, the picture, the evil that amassed and had everybody else standing in fear in the nation of Israel, but this little red-headed boy comes down and he said, who are you? Would you just come to me with a stick? You just got a little bag over your shoulder? You just got a little stick in your hand? My dog that you're coming after me with sticks? It says the Philistine cursed David. You know why the enemy don't like you? Because you're saved. Been washed by the blood. We are the righteousness of Christ. He does not like you because he can't be you. There is no redemption of Lucifer. And he cursed David just like 
the enemy of our souls curses us. But how many knows he can't cuss what God blesses? He can't place a curse on me that God's blessing does not supersede. I'm blessed and highly favored. Everybody say that with me. I'm blessed and highly favored. It means you're a winner. The old song used to say, I'm a winner either, either way, whether I go or whether I stay. I'm a winner either way. So the Philistine went on to say, after he cussed him out real good, he said, come here to me so I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the field. Verse 45, but David replied to Philistine, you're coming against me with sword and with spear and a, and a javelin, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. David had unarmed himself of what he could fight with in his own, and he said, I'm not coming to you with any of this stuff. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, the Israel's armies, of whom you have defiled. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Everybody say, I'm walking out of here a winner today. If you've been faced a battle, if you feel like a storm has set upon you, walk out of this place today with a renewed mindset that your perception's changed, that you've got a, a confidence about you, that you're withstanding things in this room today, and you can feel faith rising up. And as we're sitting here today, we know I'm walking out changed today. Today's the day my mindset has changed. I'm unarming myself, but I'm arming myself with the spiritual things God has given me. David said, I will strike you down and cut off your head giant this day will I give the corpse of the Philistine army to the birds of the sky and all the animals of the land then all the land will realize that Israel has a God and all his assembly will know that I that it is not by sword and spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will deliver you into our hand the Philistine drew readily steadily closer to David, and attacked. While David quickly ran to the battle line to attack the Philistine, David reached his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it, striking the Philistine on the forehead. You see, this Philistine thought all this armor that he had on, this natural armor, protected him from a spiritual battle. But he left himself exposed in this area so he could see. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. You may be sitting here and saying, I can't see my way out of this situation today. Close your eyes and begin to walk by faith and say, no, God is well able to handle this situation. And as he began to look out, can you imagine this giant shouting these cursing and, of, of David and looking with disdain on this little bitty kid that they sent down here to fight against a giant. And the stone sank deeply into his forehead and he fell down with his face to the ground. David prevailed over the Philistine with just a sling and a stone. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. I love this verse. David did not even have a sword in his hand. He was unarmed. David ran and stood over the Philistine. He grabbed Goliath's sword.
You see, when Goliath was walking down that mountain and looking to go towards this battle that he knew this little boy was coming to fight, he thought, and he told David, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your head today, and the birds of the air is going to fly and eat your flesh. But he had no idea that what he intended to use for harm, that God would use it for the good. God, through David, took the sword of Goliath. David standing over top of his body, laying on the ground with a stone in his forehead, face first. David picks up this sword of the, of the enemy, the sword of the enemy, and he drew it from his sheath, and he killed him and cut off his head with it. Pretty gruesome. Pretty brutal, right? When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they ran away. Isn't it amazing how, like on the Christmas story, we've all seen the bully, you know, finally when you had enough, and the boy stands up for himself, what's his name? Ralphie. Yeah, we don't want the bully. But Ralphie stands up for himself. And isn't it amazing how all the other little minions around him took off running? That's a picture of kind of like this story. Shouting a battle cry, they, the, Philist, the Israelites come down running down the hill because they had seen this happen and they saw the giant fall. And when they seen this and they saw David cut off his head, the Israelites all of a sudden become emboldened because they seen victory happen in front of their very eyes. And they come running down when they seen the Philistines running off. They chased them down. It says they chased them and they took them out. And then it says they looted their camp. The Philistines had been for centuries taking the goods of Israel and stealing what God had blessed Israel with. This victory brought back what the enemy had stolen from God's people. When you really believe that you're going to walk out of this place blessed today, And it's not just mere words that we're saying, but we walk out of this place with the blessings of God. I'm going to take back what the enemy's stolen from me. Just think about this. The victories that had come later and later and continued throughout David's life. Later, he wrote Psalms 23. And I just want to read Psalms 23 to cap off our sermon series. This is a psalm of David, a story of who we're talking about. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You didn't say that very convincingly. I have all that I need. This is a New Living's translation. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Everybody say that really loud. I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. 
your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Worship team, I want you guys to come back up here. And that last song that they sang in the, in the worship set, You Have My Heart, I want, I want us to redo that. So if you'll come back up. Is Dusty in here? Somebody find Dusty and get him to come in here. You can have my heart. Less physical armor is more spiritual armor. As we give him our heart today, it's us laying down our ways for his ways. Let's commit to God today in this place that we will intently unarm ourselves and ask Him to arm us spiritually. Less is more. Less is more. So won't you stand with me if you will. Close your eyes, bow your head. I'm asking us as a church to commit today to this unarmament. That we would stop being mean, we would stop being rude. we would commit to God that God allow me to stop causing pain if that's you in this place I just want you to lift your hand and say I'll commit to God to laying down my I'm going to lay down my arms and I'm going to pick up his I want the spiritual battles that God would fight for me in a battle today you need his help just lift up your hand and say that's me amen so I want you to sing this song as a prayer let it be our prayer Leslie if you'll lead us in that Everybody here, sing with us. Oh, 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 oh. 
lift up your hands and worship Him. chase after him that you would seek him while he can be found he intends to be in a relationship with you and he is the greatest encourager I've ever known amen